Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the late-breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast, presented as ever by Harry Eid, Sam Sage and myself, Ben Hocking. Heading into the Styrian Grand Prix, much like last year, we've got two races at Austria this season. Uh, the Red Bull Ring, uh, of course... I did a couple of good races last year, so we'll be interested to see what it does in the follow-up to an impressive Paul Ricard Grand Prix. So, uh, Sam, do, do you remember what the Red Bull Ring used to be called? I reckon it might have been called the Steven Spielberg. No, it's the A1 Ring, for goodness sake. I know that. I knew that from the start, you silly buggers. Try and catch me out. Shocking. Yeah, just just for just for context there, we did play a game a couple of weeks back. If you weren't tuning in for that one, uh, Sam knew it was the A1 ring and still managed did. to convince himself it wasn't. I think Someone it might be my favourite favourite ever moment of late break. <laughs> <laughs> it it's got to be up there. It's yeah, classic yeah. LB. Classic LB. Really was. I mean, we, we've got plenty to get through tonight as we build up to the Grand Prix this weekend. Um, just to say, first of all, we have created, uh, we've put our brain power together. We've created a survey um, for you podcast listeners. Basically, we'd just like to know what you think about the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, what you think could be improved, what you want to see more of, all of that stuff. It's a really quick survey. It's already up on our social media. We'll include it in the link in the description of this podcast if Harry remembers to do so. <laughs> if, if he doesn't, just shout at him via social media. If you know him and can actually get to him in person, shout at him in person. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll remind you, Harry. It will be in the description. It will take a minute of your time. Uh, and we just want to we just want to produce the best possible content for you. So, you know, let us know. Let us know. Go all out on it. Don't don't be afraid to insult us. Um, but we've got plenty to get on with tonight. Um, 
Jensen Button has said that we might be dealing with the best Lewis Hamilton we've ever seen. We'll be discussing whether that we believe that is true or not. Abu Dhabi is being renovated somewhat going into their race at the end of this season. We'll be discussing the proposed changes there and we'll be playing F1 fill in the blank. But first of all, uh, the first of two races in Austria coming up. Uh, as we know, not many corners very fast circuit so harry do you think that the battle between honda and mercedes in terms of a power unit do you think that that is going to be the the game changer this weekend it's definitely going to be an important factor isn't it um there are not many corners at the a1 ring or red bull ring in austria um and a lot of long straights sorry sam um yeah look it's, it's going to absolutely be important and you know Ferrari still, with not a great engine, aren't going to be up there, are they? So or we wouldn't expect them to be, at least. It, Charles Leclerc, pole incoming. Um, but, yeah, look, it's, you're still going to have a, a decent car. The, the best cars still are the fastest cars around Austria because they're still a, a slightly twiddly a bit in the middle. But, um, you know, that first first sect, first and second sector really is mostly straight, Um so yeah, I think it's going to be the battle of Mercedes and Honda. And if it's if Mercedes are to be believed, which we don't often do, I think Honda are going to be the strongest engine this weekend. But we'll we'll wait and see. But um, yeah, love Austria, love a bit of Austria. I I was just thinking, when was the last time we had a bad race in Austria? Can't yeah. remember. I would say ever. it was 2013. And do you know why? There That's wasn't one. Yeah. Classic. Oh, that is classic bang banter. <laughs> you love it have a day off <laughs> so, I mean but, but based on what you say there in terms of Mercedes claims and we might well get onto that in a little bit and based on what we saw at Paul Ricard and what we've seen for the whole of this season so far who do you think might have the advantage out of those two power units well I, I, the Paul Ricard one's a difficult one because the Red Bull was def, at least with Verstappen was definitely running less wing than the Mercedes were so that absolutely helped when he was you know hunting them down and helped them get back past along with the fresher tyres so I don't buy the you know Honda as some way ahead of Mercedes all of a sudden I think they're fairly evenly matched and it'll be about setup because yeah I don't suspect Mercedes will be running as much wing as they were in Paul Ricard with all these all those long straights so um I wouldn't want to call it I'd still you'd still place your bets on Mercedes being the quickest in a straight line when they need to be they're not suddenly going to lose that advantage I don't think but there's no doubt Honda are definitely up there now um that Red Bull was still quick in a straight line and I know it took wing off but it was still quick so yeah I think it's be it's going to be close between two of them, but I'll still I'll settle for Mercedes. I mean, this is this is quite serious. Are you insinuating that Mercedes might not be telling the whole truth here? It's a shocker, isn't it? To be honest, they're you're not a, known for you're that. You're a brave man. You're a brave man. <laughs> Sam, what do you think? Honda, Mercedes. Do you think one will have the the edge, and do you think it will be the deciding factor? I am going to completely go against the deciding factor being the engine. I don't. I know that Austria, the A1 ring for those historic nerds out there, uh, if you didn't know. Uh, I know that um, it doesn't have many corners. Shock, if you didn't notice. Uh, but I think that the corners on the track, especially in that middle sector, are going to be what very much decides this race. And I think it will be entirely set-up based. Mercedes have always gone very well around Austria. I think Red Bull have what, won twice 
in the history of Formula One here uh, since they were part of the sport. So not a massive success um, that they've had. Uh, whereas, cast your minds back to, we did the double, obviously, last season as well. Bottas had a jolly old time. It's a shame we won't be winning again this season, but he had a great old time. And then the other epic occurrence that took place at Austria Osteria last time out was that Lewis Hamilton managed to qualify 1.2 seconds faster than anyone else on the grid. Yes, it was wet, and we love a bit of a wet race, especially at Austria. It really jazzes things up a little bit, and it cannot be too jazzy when you're in Austria. But my God, that man absolutely decimated the field. And to put 1.2 seconds on Verstappen, let alone anyone else around a track that's only, what, a minute and eight seconds a, um, a lap? is huge. Absolutely incredible. So I really think the Mercedes know what they're doing when it comes to the Austrian slash Styrian Grand Prix. I really don't think we need to count them out at all. And I think, as Harry said, I think Mercedes know full well that they get the setup right, they're going to have that pace down the, the straights very much so. Um, Mercedes are also very prosperous, very, very strong around long sweeping corners where you have to maintain a high speed. They've always been very good at that. Rebel are very much better at slow traction into fast-paced corners. There's only really one of those on the entire track, and that is, well, in Formula 1, it's considered turn 2, but on the track, it is turn 3. Um, whereas I think that Red Bull, that's where they will gain the most time. But if you look at turns 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and maybe in the last corner, 9, I really do think that Mercedes are going to have the slight upper hand there. This is where they get that setup right. Hamilton and Bottas can come in with confidence, and um, they can get on top of Verstappen and Perez early. They need to just be a little bit more wary as well. Think about strategy again. Last time out, the strategy was absolutely crucial. Can they bounce back from that? So, yes, I think, you know, power unit does always play a part of it. Do I think it will be the exciting factor here? No, I think they're very, very evenly matched. I think setup and drivability is where the difference is going to be made. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think overall there isn't much to separate the two of them, and I think it will be it will be driver ability and it might well be set up that separates them rather than the power unit but that is based on them being very very close if it turns out that one of them does have a distinct advantage i don't think that will be the case at that point yes i think it does become the deciding factor um i mean lewis hamilton thinks that honda have about a three and a half temps advantage on the straights based on last race and i've written down this quote because I, I need to say it and i need to make sure i get this word for word because if i was paraphrasing it i wouldn't be doing this justice this is from lewis hamilton himself maybe if we maximize absolutely everything maybe we can give them a run for their money <laughs> <laughs> come on come on man you've got a lot of it Oh, it's painful. <laughs> the Toto Wolf School of PR. Um, come, come on, Lewis, man. Maybe, maybe Honda have a minor advantage, but it is not going to be enough to decide. They don't need absolutely every single tenth they can find just to be competitive. They'll be all right. Um <laughs> I understand that in France, the Mercedes actually in the race, the Mercedes were the slowest cars through the speed trap, um, whereas Verstappen was the, I believe, the second fastest overall. So on paper, yes, there is a clear advantage there, but that doesn't take into account what you've already mentioned, Harry. That is the, in terms of the wings that they were running, Red Bull were basically running the same wing that they were at Baku, whereas Mercedes were much more focused about getting through that first sector okay um, and, and the final sector as well, rather than focusing on the Malteser straight, as Sam likes to call it. Um, Pick up Malteser. But, yeah. Can you still buy them? Are they out? I'm going to Google it while you're talking. 
yeah no worries yeah i like to know that that's more interesting um it's yeah i i, I don't know i and bear in mind as well verstappen was the second fastest car in a straight line so you might think well honda have the advantage there who was the fastest guy in a straight line? A man who goes by the name of Lando Norris. And if I'm not mistaken, Lando Norris has a Mercedes power unit in the back of his car. So that kind of puts that out the window. I, th- I think they'll be absolutely fine. If they run a similar setup, they might well not. I'm not sure, but they'll they'll be fine. And I, I do think it will be it will be other factors that determine this. Um, I mean, Harry, you uh, no, Sam, you brought up the point of uh, what happened last year at qualifying when it was absolutely chucking it down. Early forecast suggests rain could be about. I apologise greatly for jinxing it when it comes to beautiful sunshine on Sunday now. But based on what we saw from Lewis Hamilton last year, Sam, if it rains, do you think that that's advantage Hamilton? Hamilton so rarely puts a foot wrong. And when he does, it even feels like it's even less so in the rain. Although, to my knowledge, actually, the two biggest mistakes that Hamilton has made in recent history were at the Imola Grand Prix where it was going from wet to dry and he obviously hit the brakes too late past Russell and almost went to the barrier and the one before that was of course the 2018 German Grand Prix where he went onto the drag strip on the outside at um, the Hockenheim ring and absolutely fluffed it of course Bottas's teammate decided to absolutely destroy the front of his car and Hamilton still came home but you know not great but Hamilton is fantastic in the rain but Max Verstappen I would say is almost equally as good in the rain I think you cast your minds back to that Brazilian Grand Prix where Max Verstappen was able to take what felt like the go-karting line through every single corner and was almost for like seconds faster than the rest of the grid so I think if it is wet I think it, it still comes down to Hamilton v Verstappen those two are such a league above the rest of the grid at the moment that no matter what the conditions they just seem to fucking nail it uh, what do you reckon, Harry? Do you think that Hamilton might be hoping for rain here? I mean, potentially, but as Sam's already pointed out, I think it's, you know, Hamilton obviously had a, a stonking lap last year in quality and smashed everyone. And, you know, Verstappen spun trying to trying to keep up with him on that final run. Um, but then you uh, you look back at the last race we had and Hamilton, you know, did make that, that mistake, but he was there with, as, with Verstappen. So I, you know... I think it's going to, they'll still be, no matter the conditions, I think it's still going to be the two of them. And I'm not saying that Verstappen is an equal for Hamilton in the wet necessarily, but he's still pretty special in wet conditions. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm sure Hamilton will want anyth- anything that will, if he thinks he's at a disadvantage, you know, disadvantage pace wise going into the weekend, he'll want anything that will help him. But, um, yeah, I don't know whether he'll necessarily be hoping for rain, but he knows how how good he is in those conditions. So, possibly but you know it's not going to happen because you've said it's going to happen now Ben so sorry yeah Ben yeah. it's all your fault just for, just my, for context on bed. that wet, wet, wet weather front for those that think oh you know Hamilton's car was a second faster than Verstappen's car last season whatever Hamilton was 1.4 seconds faster than the Bottas in the rain and I don't think Bottas is a slouch in the rain I think Bottas is actually pretty decent in the rain so just remember the fact that almost a Ooh. second and a half separated the same machinery last time out here at Styria. So it's a pretty big swing as well, considering how well Bottas did the first time around, and obviously in the wet, Hamilton absolutely mullered him in the rain and turned into a literal yoghurt you could buy from Tesco's. Um, so it could be very, very exciting to see how well those two top drivers do in wet, slippery conditions. To anyone in Britain listening along, don't go into Tesco, don't try and buy it. Um, if anyone is listening elsewhere around the world where you don't have Tesco's, it's a supermarket where, ironically, you can't 
buy bottasses as <laughs> yogurts. Um, I didn't expect to say that sentence today. Surprisingly. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if Lewis Hamilton will necessarily be praying for rain here, but at the same time, I think it would be quite welcome for him to go into... I, I know he's had a few issues with, with Germany, as you've already brought up, and, and Imola, um, but I still think he would back himself in those conditions, even with Verstappen also being a very good driver in the wet conditions. Um, and I, this actually speaks volumes to how great Lewis Hamilton is, but he's gone three races without a win. That's only the third time that's happened since the start of 2018, which, again, that speaks to how good he is. But for him, it's a drought. That's that's the reality of the situation. So if he can find a way to get a quote unquote safer win, um, then, then, you know, he'll take it. So maybe maybe the wet conditions can help him out in that respect. Turkey. Um, he was Turkey. great in the ring in Turkey. That was he immense. did all right there, didn't he? Yeah. He did all right, yeah. Um, moving on to Hamilton's teammate, Valtteri Bottas, who's already been mentioned in this conversation because he does get mentioned in pretty much every conversation we have regarding Formula 1. Um, he's done all right at Austria in the past. First career podium came at Austria in 2015, and he's had a couple of wins there as well. So 2017, and he took the first of the two wins, as you've already referenced, Sam, in 2020. So based on his track record here, we know he does particularly well at his favourite circuits. This appears to be one of them. Sam, do you think this could be the perfect venue for him to get back on the horse or at least put together something a bit more encouraging? I would say the only track that he has a better record at is Russia. So if Russia came earlier on the calendar, that's the only time I would say this is the chance to kickstart your season properly, Valtteri. Valtteri's not had a good year so far this year. Let, let's be honest about it. I'd say actually the French Grand Prix we just had was pretty much other than maybe Monaco, his best Grand Prix of the season. And it still wasn't amazing. Um, so yeah, I think Valtteri is comfortable here. There's less corners for Valtteri to negotiate over a longer lap, which seems to trip him up a few times. Um, sorry, Valtteri. Honestly, there's less time for mistakes here. And he's got a car that works well around here. He comes here confident. I think also, from what we heard over the radio in France, Valtteri's very fired up. Valtteri is, is angry. I think he's a bit piffed off, without swearing. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. Piffed, everyone. Um, you know, I think he's a bit miffed. Miffed and piffed at the Mercedes team. I think he's annoyed <laughs> that they're not listening to him. And Toto, this was, this was really strange. And I don't know if Toto's just saying this to almost maybe cover himself or whatever, but he was like, yeah, Valtteri's now telling us what to do. It's about time. You know, I, that accurate, by the way. Um, who, who was that, sorry? If you haven't heard of Arnold Schwarzenegger, then that was him <laughs> imitating Toto Wolf. You know, was that classic Christian person. Horner or... <laughs> or um, I think it was French French French. Stuff, <laughs> No um, yeah, my point is here that I think Valtteri has kind of got a bit annoyed. I think he's a bit fed up. And I think if he's going to start proving himself to all his haters out there, Oscar is a very good place to put his foot down and show that he's still got the capabilities of doing it. Uh, I made the prediction at the start of the season that he won't win a race again. I stick by it. But I do very much think that he will be a real danger man here at Austria. Oh, please win a race, Valtteri. Please. <laughs> Part, partly because I feel bad for him and partly because Sam being right is just the worst thing in the world um, Sorry. That's, a, that's a lie Harry being right is the worst thing in the world well, it doesn't happen. it's a close second yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you reckon Harry based on his track record do you think that this is the opportunity for him 
I mean, it's probably his best opportunity yet so far uh, this year, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I must say I liked the fired up, uh, miffed, piffed <laughs> Patrick Bottas we saw at the end of the race um, in France, and you know, hopefully that he'll turn that into some paces we can because his his pace in France wasn't horrendous. He was in the mix for most of the race until until the tyres completely went. He just didn't keep his tyres alive as well as Hamilton did. But his pace was fairly good all weekend in France. So I don't think he can be disappointed in that necessarily. But um, yeah, he goes so well here in Austria. Um, I say here in Austria like we're there. He, go, he goes well in Austria. Well, we are currently not. Um, but, you know, he's got to be hoping for some decent results, especially considering there's two races in the, at the same place, so um, yeah, maybe he needs to mow some grass again in Crawley, and I'll get I'll get a pole and win the race. Um, yeah, I I think it's his best chance this year. As long as it's dry, it, it will need to be a boring race for Valtteri. It can't be mixed conditions or two stops. <laughs> it's got to be a boring one stop for Valtteri to win. Um, he gets two but, chances, I get of course. Exactly. So maybe. Next week, the weekend after will be a boring one. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I think his pace was pretty good in in France. You know, it's not as if if Hamilton, who was on essentially the same strategy as him, give or take two laps, it's not as if Hamilton went off into the distance. He was, you know, Hamilton was comfortable the entire time, but Bottas was there. So I think his pace was encouraging and Toto Wolff has said as much uh, this week and I agree with him. So it's a step in the right direction. Just to just to put into context how much Bottas has struggled this year. So seven races into the year now and Bottas has had, I think, three third place finishes. Um, so he's had three third place finishes and he's had no wins or second place finishes. So, so that many races without winning or finishing second, it's actually the first time that's happened for him in, in his entire time at Mercedes. The previous longest streak that he's had is only four races without being in the top two. So he's clear, he's broken that by miles. The last time he finished second was at the last race in 2020 in Abu Dhabi. Since then, it's been all third place or worse. So it is a big slump for him in the context of his Mercedes career. Um, I think he needs to either win this race or he needs to finish second. I think it's got to be one or the other. Um, you know, if he wins, great. You know, don't need to say much more. That's a great confidence booster for him. Fair play. If he finishes second, I still think it needs to happen under certain circumstances. So if he finishes second and let's say Max Verstappen finishes first, it needs to not be a distant second place. It needs to be him pressurizing Verstappen. Even if Verstappen ends up winning the day, as long as Bottas is there challenging him, I think that's a good enough result, at least to put him in the right direction. If Hamilton's first and Bottas is second, he needs to be backing him up, either holding up for Stappen or staying within a certain gap. He just needs to show, like Perez is beginning to show at Red Bull, that he's still that second driver um, that they can rely on. And a performance like that would certainly help. Uh, but he, he needs to show it at some point because as Mercedes are finding out, they don't have the leeway that they've had in previous years. That It doesn't exist anymore. So they can't rely on Valtteri Bottas having poor races. We'll see if it happens. Uh, it seems the perfect venue for him to turn it around. Bold prediction. Harry, what have you got? My bold prediction for this weekend. What did I do for last weekend? Oh, out the Alpines. Yeah, that went well. 
Lull. My bold prediction this weekend is that George Russell is going to happen. I mean, he's already done it technically, but it's going to happen in a Williams. Yeah. It's going to score some goddamn points. It might only be one point, but it was encouraging from George last weekend, considering that no one retired and he finished 12th. And, you know, he's got a Mercedes engine in the back of that car. There aren't many turns for the Williams to fall off the circuit on. It's all going to bode well. There's always a bit of chaos at uh, you know, Austria too, so it's a perfect opportunity for George to bring home, bring home the bacon for... Uh, or, or you know, vegan bacon if you if you're vegan. Um, Richard so yeah, bring him the bacon. Yeah, Richard. No, okay. <laughs> How did we get here? Bring him the bacon for the Williams team. <laughs> so I think the point in that was that George Russell will score points. Um, in fairness, still listen. If if <laughs> if at Paul Ricard, let's say Hamilton and Verstappen had collided for the lead, or Bottas and Verstappen collided when they were next to each other on the track, or Alonso and Gasly were there. If any of those happen and both of them are out of the race or forced to make a pit stop or something like that, George Russell scores points. So, you know, it wasn't that far off at Paul Ricard. Um, it's still very bold, obviously, because he's been in that Williams for a while and it hasn't happened to this point. But, yeah, I think I think everyone would be happy for George Russell. If, if everyone that liked that. Yeah. yeah, everyone liked that fact. Sam, bold prediction. Do you remember when Robert Kubica scored more points than George Russell? I'll be shocked if Latifi does it as well. Yeah. Well, Latifi's yeah. been asleep for most of this season. Well, Russell's an absolute liability around Austria. It was a mess last time we came here. On the grass, like everything all over the place. Um, my bold prediction. I am not going for a two-parter, everyone. I'm not going for a three-parter or a four-parter. Wow. It's a single-parter. And I'm also going to be relatively un... It's not, not bold, but it definitely might be the least bold prediction I've made for a while. I think Pierre Gasly will get a podium. And it's that is it. Still, still pretty bold. bold. Oh, yeah, I said it wasn't not bold. It's just not stupid. <laughs> it hasn't got three parts to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not a, like a Lord of the Rings trilogy that we've got to sit through. Pierre Gasly will finish on the podium whilst overtaking these three drivers, and he will spend exactly 64% of his time <laughs> on the throttle. Um yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. He's obviously, of course, already done it this year, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I'm going for something, I don't think I've done this so far this year, but Harry definitely has, and you might have done as well, Sam, I'm not quite sure. Uh, it's related to qualifying times. Uh, so what I'm saying is, in Q2, the top seven will be separated by under two-tenths of a second. Oh, that is spicy. Someone get the jalapenos out because it is tingling on the tongue with Ben's bold prediction. That is what I'm going for. The BBP. In Q2, that is, as well. Right. Q2. Everyone get your your timers out. Everyone get your 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 stopwatches out. We're going to be measuring along. And when Ben is wrong, um, you can laugh at him. What will probably happen is it will be, it will be right until like the last few seconds of the session, and then Goat Latifi will come along and uh, and beat everyone by a second. So, I tell you, he's coming. He's coming. The main, pole the one, two, three. Is coming. <laughs> what have you got for pole one, two, three, Harry? Uh, I'm giving pole to Valtteri Bottas. I'm giving the win to <laughs> Valtteri Bottas. And then uh, Hamilton's going to be second, and Verstappen's going to be third. All, all of the bosses. Up 
the bodies. <laughs> it's the Not worst the phrase. <laughs> Good God. Sam, what have you got? Uh, I'm going poll Lewis Hamilton. Win Lewis Hamilton. Second place Max Verstappen. Third place Pierre Gasly. No bodies. No bodies. <laughs> bye bye bodies. So I'm going to go for a Lewis Hamilton pole position as well. I'm all aboard the botty train. He's going to win the, the race. Come on. <laughs> I, oh, I, he needs to win a race. He needs to win a race this year. I am, I am a member of the Valtteri Bottas fan club until he does. So I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going for him to take the win here. He's Stop gonna do it. Smoke up his body, please. He's gonna do it. Uh, I've got Max Verstappen second and Lewis Hamilton third, but Valtteri Bottas for the win. Gonna keep predicting Bottas winning until it happens. Yes, that <laughs> is my plan. Can't wait predict it. Next week, yeah. Sam predicts Valtteri as a win. <laughs> Predicting against your own prediction—that would be very typical. Uh, we'll move on to Jensen Button because he's come out and said that he believes that we're currently seeing the best Lewis Hamilton we've we've ever seen. Um, so he's in championship contention again, obviously, not quite leading the championship at this point. Do you think Jensen Button has a point here, Sam? No, I don't. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't. I don't know what Jensen's really on about, in my opinion. Um, I think, actually, yes, Hamilton had the best start to a season he's ever had, but I don't necessarily think that that makes it the best Hamilton we've ever seen. We've actually seen more errors, more poor moments, more silly mistakes from Hamilton. Now, I can remember seeing for a long time the silliness at Imola, essentially, I mean, he, he drove brilliantly to get back to second place. Uh, but that car, once it got onto a dry track, was an absolute monster in a straight line comparison to everyone else. And that's where all the overtakes were made. Um, and then, of course, he made the, the magic mistake in Baku, which is entirely on his own. It was a silly mistake that he made. Bottas has got the same mechanism in, in his car, didn't make the mistake. It was all Hamilton. I think he succumbed to the pressure a little bit there, and he messed it up and cost himself what could be a championship lead. Um, I think if you go back to kind of the 2018-2019 period, no, 2019-2020 period, sorry, when from when he put that qualifying lap in at Singapore, which I still think might be one of the best qualifying laps I've ever seen, um, all the way through to kind of Turkey last year, that period for me might be the best we've ever seen Lewis Hamilton. Um, the man was just unstoppable. The amount of victories that he picked up in a shortened season last year was absolutely ridiculous. You know, Bottas picked up, what, I think three or two. Verstappen got one. Obviously, we had that freak victory as well for, for at, at Monza. And the rest were, were Hamilton's. Um, so, no, I, I think that Hamilton's being challenged. Hamilton's being asked to step up. And we're seeing a very strong Lewis Hamilton but I don't think this is the best that Hamilton can drive. I still think Hamilton's got more on his locker that he's able to pull out. So, Jenkson, I love what you're saying. I love that you're getting involved in the drama. But I don't agree with you. I think we've seen a better Hamilton more recently. What do you reckon, Harry? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I, I, I kind of see Sam's point. I knew it could say, if you look at 2020 Hamilton compared to the first seven races of 2021 Hamilton that 2020 Hamilton was slightly better. But um, he, I, I, I don't think there's much difference between them, to be honest. And we know how good Hamilton was last year. He was just, just relentless. Um, and as Sam said, he has made a couple of mistakes this year. But then, you know, in Baku, he was in second place all of his own doing. You know, that car wasn't, I don't think, capable, well, 
it was obviously capable, but you know Hamilton brought the performance out of that car where Bottas couldn't in in Baku, um, and then obviously he made that mistake again. I know he got lucky in Imola, but he still climbed his way back up the order after the red flag. So uh, he's he's not he's not got worse since twenty twenty, and you know twenty twenty was that's mega mega Hamilton. So I can see I can see Jensen's point here absolutely. Um, you know, we'll judge it after the end of the year, I guess. It's probably more fair, but he's he's still operating. I don't think he's lost any of that level, uh, and and so in that case, I do I do agree with Jensen. He's still operating on that level. It's because, but and I think it's simply because Mercedes are a bit more under pressure, and Hamilton's a bit more under pressure. And he, we know he doesn't make many mistakes, but it has shown a little bit this year, hasn't it? He's they've not had to deal with that pressure over the past couple of years, um, but I think he's still the same. I think he's still the same. Completely unbelievable, Lewis Hamilton. Sometimes, so I can see where you're coming from, JB. But there are definitely points to disagree with you, and I've sat on the fence. Wow, yeah, that was a really in, like enjoy yourself. I just you, love Jensen Button. Fair, don't we all? Completely fair. Um, yeah, I think Jensen Button's point, um, you know, it was obviously surrounding the the performance. He was also, I think, referencing his general. <laughs> demeanor and his attitude within the paddock which obviously we can't speak to because as much as you probably expect it we're not actually in the paddock every weekend it's tragic i know but um yeah so we can't necessarily speak to that but in terms of performances um i think it it, it's tough to say he's operating at his best he's still operating at a very high standard but the best that we've seen from lewis hamilton and it's not it's not an insult on Lewis Hamilton's performances this year. If anything, it's just praise for how good he's been in previous seasons. I don't think his start to 2021 has been more impressive than his mid-run in 2020. I don't think it's been was more impressive than his 2019 season. I don't think it's been more it was more impressive than his end of 2018 season. I think that has a big claim to being the best Lewis Hamilton we've ever seen. So, um yeah, just based on that I couldn't argue the fact that he's at his best right now. He's still operating at a very high level. Bahrain was absolutely spectacular. His performance at France, even in defeat, was was brilliant as well. He's still, like I say, he's delivering at a very high level, but it's Lewis Hamilton we're talking about here. And I think he's probably made more mistakes through the first few races of this season than he has done in the entire 2020 season, as an example. Um, You know, the, the mistake in Imola... He was fortunate to recover to P2. He still had to do the work, obviously, but the fact that he was even in position to do the work was fortunate. Monaco was a tough one. Baku, he made that error on his own accord. So very rarely do we get this this list of, of mistakes. or We usually have to go through about 20, 30 races before we can come up with that sort of list. Here, we can do it with about six. So, yeah, I don't think he's operating quite at the level... Uh, and as as a reference, I mean, I, I I do driver rate. I've done driver rating since I think twenty seventeen. Every season I've done it, Lewis Hamilton has ended up winning uh, at the end of this year. And he might well end up winning at the end of this year as well. Um, but he's not first for me at the moment. Which you know, based on that, I would find it very difficult to argue that he's operating at the peak of Hamilton's performance. But the the season's still young. I have no doubt that he'll remain at least in championship contention. Whether he goes on and wins it or not, it's it, you're a brave man to back against, to back against him. So, um, yeah, operating at a very high level, absolute peak, not quite. 
Sorry, KB. But I love JB. So um, there's, a, there's a reason why you, we're near your green and white and black. So, um, yeah, to protect the integrity of my opinions, if I was to ever meet Jensen Button in person, I would say I agree with you 100%, Jensen. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Um, Sorry to bring down the mood. Um, We have to. But I'm afraid we do have to. So, I mean, despite it being probably the most entertaining race on the calendar, the Abu Dhabi (laughs) Grand Prix has undergone some changes this year uh, with the circuit layout, so we can only hope that it doesn't destroy the entertainment that we usually get at such a high standard. Um, A couple of noticeable changes on the circuit. Uh, Turns four, five, and six will be replaced with one single sort of hairpin prior to the back straight. Uh, And then after the two back straights i guess you could call it um turns 11 12 13 and 14 they'll be replaced by one sweeping left hander um that's also going to be slightly um slightly banked which is interesting so two noticeable changes i think i think they're also making a few changes to the final sector but they're almost not worth mentioning they're that small so those two are the real noticeable ones um sam do you think that this is a good idea do you think this could improve the racing well, when you told me that Abu Dhabi was getting a makeover, I thought for a minute there that you were going to tell me it was simply going to be a hole in the ground now, um, which would have been more entertaining. They haven't blown um, it up. No. Well, that is a real shame. Um, in terms of the actual <laughs> racetrack, the bits they've changed is very interesting because I would argue that the bits they're focusing on changing are actually the bits that probably produced the closest, more most interesting parts of the track. Um the fight that we used to have around the left-right-left left before the first hairpin onto that back straight is a very closely fought par. It produced good braking, which meant you could get that good traction. And I think you'll get the same result. I think you might get a little bit of a dive into a hairpin, which would be nice. That maybe opens up for an extra move down there. But I don't think that's going to change the world. Um, what I'm a little bit disappointed at, actually, and I hope if, the, if they're going to put banking in, by the way, I hope it is mega. I hope it is literally like a skate park wall. It's so high up there. And I'd like to see Crofty going up and down it on a skate park because he- 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 heaven is a half pipe for those that remember that <laughs> classic track. Um, honestly, though, um, down the back straight, the left, right, left with another left at the end of it. We've had some cracking moments in those corners, including, um, I don't know if I used the corner before, but around there, Nika Hulkenberg hung up upside down like a cow, he described himself. And we've had some brilliant side-by-side moments where cars have been taking off in the left, right, left, right, left, 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 right, left. It's like Morse code, but with directions. Um, I'm a bit gutted that that's changing. I'd like to see more changes to the final sector, proper big changes to the final sector, rather to the end of that little zone. It meant that overtakes that happened via DRS that were closed at the end of that straight. Actually, you got a bit of wheel-to-wheel action as they kind of jostled about. But now it just feels kind of like... You haven't got a heavy braking zone now at the end of that long straight. You're going to sweep round into banking and then you won't be able to follow through there maybe. I'm hoping that isn't the case. But from the description that I've heard, it doesn't sound ideal. Abu Dhabi is not, is not perfect. It is definitely not a, a favourite child on the calendar. So if they're trying to change something to make it better, I welcome it. And I think it's good to hear this. I'm just it's big fingers crossed that we do actually get to see a change in the racing. It's not guaranteed, but I am. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the track. Larry, do you think this improves things? I think the most important thing here is that it cannot be any worse, can it? 
<laughs> so we can we we are at the lowest of low bases to start from. So uh, we are at the bottom of Everest. Um, yeah, I, look, I'm glad. I, I appreciate them listening to the fans and trying to do something about it. Um, you know, Herman Tilger must be fuming that they've decided his design is uh, is terrible. He's angrily um, drawing out a new circuit now that has yeah. no, no opportunities to overtake. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all chicanes. Um, I call it the Tilker powder. Exactly. <laughs> um, the first, the first, first uh, change so that that get rid of the chicane and put and just have a hairpin. All for it. I didn't like that chicane. Bit Mickey Mouse. And they could never, cause, so they're putting the that hairpin back from where the the hairpin is now, so they have a bit more runoff, and they could never oh, like use that. that before because there was no runoff. So I'm glad they're doing that because I think it's just F1 cars they don't follow each other very well when they have to stop, do traction, and stop again. They just don't do it very well. So I'm hoping one stop and attraction will be traction zone will be good. Um, the second one. Not that sure about because that that corner. I know it's a chicane. I I would have just preferred it being one braking zone into a corner, rather than a, the, a chicane. I think the long banked corner is just going to be so quick that all they're going to do is follow each other through it into the twiddly final sector, and that seems like a bit of a waste. But who knows? We could be proved very wrong um, on that one. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just appreciative appreciative of them doing something about it i think there are more changes they could do the final corner is changing as well isn't it? i know it's very minor but yeah that might help a bit more of a breaking zone i doubt it will do anything is but... there a jump yeah yes i completely forgot to mention in the noticeable changes i forgot to mention there's a ramp <laughs> oh, that would be so cool and we'd have a one lap race but i yeah. think 25 bonus points if you stick the jump. <laughs> if you now mention sprinklers, I'm removing you. <laughs> I mean, a wet Abu Dhabi GP would be unreal. But hey, not going to happen. I'm for it. Yeah. Um, I'm essentially going to steal Harry's point here because I think he's spot on in terms of... If, you, if you're going to... Decide whether something goes ahead or not. You do a cost-benefit analysis. Cost analysis. What what's it going to cost you versus what you're going to gain? What is it going to cost you? Literally nothing. You are starting from nothing. Everything is a positive here, so you might as well try something. Um, and what do you stand to gain? If it's if it's a three out of ten race, hey, guess what? You you're plus three in that category. So well done. Um, yeah, I I am in favour of this, and I'm actually in favour of both of the changes, I, I, both of the main changes that are happening on the circuit. So, particularly the first one. So, as I understand it, and I think you touched on this, Harry. Basically, they can't do the, the, the hairpin as they would perhaps like to. They do the chicane rather than the, the the hairpin there at the moment because, yeah, they haven't got a runoff area. They want to get fans as close to the action as possible. They can't do that if there's if they're coming in too quickly into that area of the circuit. The ironic thing is they've brought the fans in closer to see the action, but because of the changes, there's literally no action. So it doesn't quite work <laughs> out. Um, so I'm all in favor of this. I, as you could probably tell, not a massive fan of Abu Dhabi, 
but that could be that that sort of set of corners that chicane that could be my least favorite set of corners at a circuit i don't like that tells you everything you need to know um genuinely for for a set of corners that might be amongst my least favorite on the calendar i hate that set of corners um, so i exists I, it's one of i didn't say it stands alone in that category there is plenty of hate to go around sam don't you worry um <laughs> so i'm i'm all aboard that one i think that's a good change the other one i'm actually in favor of as well uh reason being i, I understand the point that that does provide some entertainment as it is at the moment the only thing is with the i call them two back straights i know it's basically one back straight but the breaking zones that you have are very very similar between the first sort of break and then coming off the second part of the back straight the the cornering it's very similar so i'm not actually disappointed to lose one of those two the other thing as well is and i'm not quite sure how this will work out in terms of the angles in terms of the banking which is a bit of an unknown at the moment we we saw this year how catalonia was reprofiled with uh turn 10 um yeah, we saw how that was reprofiled. I don't know what you think didn't really work that well. I think one of the main reasons it didn't work well is because that straight leading on from turn nine, you can't really follow cars through turn nine. It's just not long enough to make a difference. Whereas here, I actually think you've got a bit more room to work with. So I think you're going to have cars who can get alongside going into that corner rather than Spain where the opportunity wasn't necessarily there. If you can go side by side through that corner, and we're having to do a bit of guesswork here because we're not exactly sure how it's going to be reprofiled, but if the natural instinct is to dive up the inside there, you know, you, it, depending on the banking, you might actually have the advantage of going around the outside and maintaining that speed to keep going through side by side. You've then got the triple right-hander coming up, which then reverses itself because I don't think you want to be stuck on the inside of one of those corners. It could create something really interesting. I think with a lot of the they'll have run simulations they'll have done as much research as they possibly can the proof is in the pudding with these sorts of things and you can't really tell until the cars get out on track i'm interested to see though like i say you are literally working with nothing might as well go for it i love the reassurance that someone might have run some simulations as if they didn't do that when they built the original abu dhabi racetrack and that provides zero no. fun i'm convinced they never ran a simulation when they built, built that circuit guessed. it's not possible i love it <laughs> or I, I don't know i, I think uh, i think petrov managed to prove that within about uh, within about one race of it existing uh, but there oh you know. uh, fernando Batali. alonso he's loving life um <laughs> Moving on to fill in the blanks. So we've got uh, three sentences here that we've prepared where we've purposefully, at the moment, left a blank. Uh, we'll be filling them in with a word or a phrase depending on what we think. So... F1, fill in the... Who's Phil? Uh, you, you'll understand when we get into this, but the first one is this. If Valtteri Bottas were to finish second this weekend, not first, he should feel blank. Sam, what do you think? I hope you enjoyed the theme tune, by the way, that Harry's definitely going to remember to put in that we recorded a little while ago. Um, so many things to remember here, guys. That's two now. Do not add to my list. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> two. Um, <laughs> it's a corker. Who's Phil? Um, 
if Valtteri Bottas <laughs> were to finish second this weekend, he should feel. Uh, I think it entirely depends on who wins the Grand Prix as to how he should feel. If Lewis Hamilton wins the Grand Prix and he comes second place, I think he still looks like he plays complete second fiddle. He hasn't got the pace of his teammate and I don't think he'll alter perspective too much. Unless he is really right on the heels. You know, I'm talking five or six tenths away from Hamilton when crossing the line. If Verstappen wins the race and Hamilton is behind Bottas, I think this is a good Grand Prix for Boundary Bottas. I think he can show that he can still beat Hamilton comfortably on a racetrack without any problems on a fair fight. A track that they've both done well at in the past. I think that will be a very positive feeling for Valtteri Bottas. And he can go into the double header of the Skyrian Grand Prix, feeling like he's got the upper hand and maybe could get the one step further to go for a win. Maybe. That's fingers crossed. Um, I think that's the only way that Bottas feels good if it's second place. What do you reckon, Harry? If Valtteri Bottas would finish second this weekend, he should feel what? Uh, annoyed at me for predicting him to win. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of agree with what Sam said. I think he should. Depends on who wins. Um, but, you know, he should feel relieved that he's managed to get a second place for the first time this year. Um, and I think as long as he is on the. I don't think it even matters if it, uh, uh, if it's Hamilton or Verstappen. I think as long as he's on, hot on the heels of whoever the winner is. No, sorry, not whoever the winner is. If the winner is. Nicholas Latifi, then they should still be able to. I don't know if he'd be delighted. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if it's Hamilton and Verstappen, and he's hot on the heels of him, then I think he should. You know, I think he should still feel fairly yeah, happy with his performance. Um, if it's second place and first is forty seconds down the road, then I still don't think he should feel very good about it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fairly situation dependent. I- I've put here he should feel content because I think unless you do have a situation where Latifi's won or he's 40 <laughs> seconds behind, then yes, he might not feel quite as content. But I think generally speaking, as long as that doesn't happen, he should feel fine about it. In normal circumstances, maybe he doesn't. You know, Maybe he is desperate for a win. But I just think based on the start of the season that he's had, a P2 finish here is is a massive step in the right direction. And I think that's what he needs. You know, if he follows that up then with a win in the second race in Austria or he heads to Silverstone and puts together a good performance or whatever it is, if this can just be that sort of opportunity to leap forward, then, then, you know, he can treat it as such. So I think he should feel content if he's second place. The second one we've got, so we've got two races at Austria, of course. So the driver who needs the who needs good results the most is blank. Who have you got, Sam? Um, I was going to say Valtteri Bottas, but I'm actually going to go for the other side of the garage and say Lewis Hamilton, um, which I think a lot of people might be a bit shocked at because obviously Hamilton is second in the championship. He's won races this season. I think if he doesn't have a good couple of runs here, and Verstappen does. It's been very hard to claw back a championship. It'll be five races in a row where Hamilton hasn't won something, which is, what, the first time since maybe when he was in McLaren, maybe it's been five years, since five years, five races that he hasn't won something. Five years would be a little bit silly. Um, so I actually think that Hamilton needs to capitalise on the fact that he's very good at Austria, the car works well here. I think this is the time he needs to try and take back that championship league, if not at least win one of them to stabilise. Verstappen is on a bit of a run. Verstappen has the motivation behind him. He's got the momentum behind him. I really feel like Hamilton has to snatch back now. Otherwise, it just gets very, very difficult for him. 
Mm. I before moving on, I'd just say as well that that first one I think coming up this weekend is pretty important. If Verstappen wins this one, it's going to be even tougher to stop him at the second one. I know we've got uh, the, the tire compounds are changing slightly across both weekends but other than that obviously you're dealing with the same circuit so um it could be very interesting it it gives the opportunity for one driver to take two wins on the trot um and who that might be you know that could swing the championship harry um who do you think is in need of wins the most not sorry not wins a good result the most uh i'm gonna go for the little whippersnipper yuki sonoda little whippersnipper He, he he needs and not even just a good weekend, just a clean one. Just don't back it into the barriers anywhere um, in quality, in practice, any any time over the weekend. Just keep it out of the barriers. And, you know, no one's asking him to beat Gasly. I think just be within, I don't know, half a second of Gasly. I mean, Gasly's performing so well, so it's a tough one to, to try and match. But, yeah, just Snow just needs a, a clean weekend. I think even just for for him, I don't I don't think he's under pressure necessarily from you know from Red Bull and Franz Tos and all, all of the all of those people. But I think just for his own self confidence, um, he should be beating himself up quite a bit about how he's driving. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for for little Yuki Sonoda. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting one. Uh, if you hadn't said it, actually, that was going to be my answer as well. Because could you imagine, to your point, really? Could you imagine if, let's say, he on the first race weekend qualifies P10, finishes P9, second weekend he qualifies P9 and finishes P8, or something like that? No crashes across both weekends. I mean, that's that's all he needs, right? That that's all he needs is just a. Again, doesn't even necessarily need to be beating Gasly. Just a, just. I don't know, save, save the team some money by not crashing the car. That, that'd be a start. Um, but yeah, I won't go for Yuki Tsunoda uh, based on having, you already having done that one, Harry. Um, I have got another name, Sergio Perez, which it might sound like an interesting name given what he's done the last two weekends. But I think overall what Red Bull need from him is two things. And I've act- I actually think he's shown one of them at each of the last two races. So... On the one hand, they need him to get the results when Verstappen retires or makes an error or whatever it might be. He did that at Baku. Verstappen retired, you know, not his own fault. Perez was there to win in his absence. That's the first thing that they need from Perez, so it's that box ticked. The second thing he needs to do, and what he showed at France, is that he can do alternate strategies that can mess with the Mercedes. Let, let's face it, and no disrespect to Gasly or Albon, but if 2019 sorry 2018 Gasly 19 19 19. sorry wrong year 2019 Gasly or 2020 Albon you know if they were if they were in that position that Perez was in Mercedes might well have won that race but because Perez was there and he was a factor that was able to disrupt them so those are the two things that they really need him to do if he was, and you know, they, he's already putting forward a convincing case that he should be there next year. I think they are, I think they might be like 80% of the way there in terms of thinking, yeah, we need him for next year as well. Could you imagine what two good results Austria would do back to back? At which point he has four good results in a row. I think that tips the scales. I think at that point, there's no turning back. He is there for ne- He is there next year. You know, if he delivers two poor races then suddenly you're looking at the first, like, you know, eight, nine races that we've done and think, well, he's, there's two good results in there. Is that enough? It's a question mark. It might still be enough, but it's a question mark. 
If he has four good races in a row, it's very difficult to turn him down at that point. So I think it is a big couple of weekends for him. The last one we've got here, uh, looking ahead a bit, the circuit that should replace the Singapore Grand Prix on the 3rd of October, currently unconfirmed, is what? Sam? Uh, the Bud International Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> Vettel's go. loving you. Stuffy Vettel needs uh, a wing in that Aston Martin. <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean, that'd be great, to be fair. I actually quite like the track, so I, I wouldn't complain. Uh, obviously, India and a spot of bother right now, so from the podcast, all best wishes to you. Hope you're okay. Um, I, I think it's tough. I think it's really tough to pick a suitable Grand Prix. That um, And why I say tough, I think it's because we've got so many good options now. Uh, let's just assume that everything COVID-related is, is okay. So, Turkey, I'd love to go back to again. I'd love to give another shot to Turkey. They did brilliantly. Uh, Mugello, that was really fun. I was slagging Mugello off left, right and centre. And it was bloody brilliant. We had a lot of carnage. We had a lot of fun. It was close. It was interesting. I really enjoyed it. I'd love to go back to Germany. I can't believe we haven't got a German Grand Prix at all uh, this, this, this season. So, either Hockenheim or the Nürburgring. Big fan of both of those tracks. So, those would be my options. If I had to pick one... I'd like to see either um, either Turkey or Mugello, just because we, you know, it's, we don't have the chance in a long time. We visit Germany semi-regularly, uh, and I think I will just go to Turkey because it's just a little bit more fun. You've got a little bit more chance of an overtaking there. So that's where I'd go to be. But honestly, um, if I could almost avoid the question, I'd say don't replace it. I don't think we need 23 Grand Prix in a season. And I have no issue with dropping a race due to COVID and health and safety concerns. I don't feel like we have to plug the gap in the calendar when we're already this chock block. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah that's the other factor. I mean we've we've discussed the number of races in a season before, so it's definitely consideration. Um, also, Snetterton absolutely snubbed yet that's again. That's what I was going to say. Tragic. Alton Towers. <laughs> Harry, what have you got? Um, I'll, I'll go with. Uh, Covid still being around, <laughs> I think maybe Austin that would be a good one. If you had a double header at Austin, I'd be happy with that. We missed out last year, and I do like that track quite a lot. Um, no, no Covid, uh, we can go anywhere. Would love if we went to China this year. Still, we overlook. I mean, slightly overlooks. We haven't been there for a while, but always delivers a pretty decent race. So if we can, apart go there, from when it's the one thousandth race. That's the oh, exception. That one. <laughs> yeah, that, I forgot about that. Oh, that was terrible, wasn't it? Anyway, that's that is classic. Apart from that one. Like, like we organised a race. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, that would be a, a really good one to go to. Um, you know, it, yeah, like I said, it normally almost always delivers a pretty decent race there, and it you know that right kind of year I think for China um, for Shanghai. Anywhere else? Yeah, I like Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, oh. Malaysia. Boom. Come on. Let's go there. Big up Kuala Lumpur. Let's go back there. I'm all for that. Yeah, I think if we can, like, I've enjoyed the uh, you know, having a, quite a lot of European races because there are some decent European tracks that have missed out. Sounds mentioned Germany, Hockenheim and Nürburgring. Um, it's great going back to Imola. Mugello was another great one. But, you know, there are quite a few overseas races that have missed out due to COVID. So it'd be cool if we could go to one of them again. But. Yeah, I'll, ironic I'll... that there are no seas at all between Europe and Shanghai. Uh, sure. Depends, depends what route you go. Sure. Which way you go? Uh, yeah, true. 
Um, my geography is terrible. Anyway. <laughs> well, listen. I mean, if you, if you go west from Portugal, you're probably going to hit sea. If you go east from Portugal, you stand a chance of not hitting the sea. <laughs> very true. Why are we starting in Portugal? Then... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> don't know really. It's in Europe, so um, I have to say I'm I'm really stuck between two here. And first of all, apologies to the Nurburgring, which doesn't even get in that two because I love the Nurburgring, oh. um, but I'm, I'm not going to include it here. Similarly, with with yeah, with with Shanghai, I'm a big fan of, of the Shanghai International Circuit. And that's not on the list either. Uh, I think there are so many great options, which kind of speaks volumes to, to how many great circuits there are out there that we don't visit on a regular basis. Um, again, I will put forward my idea yet again of having a rolling calendar where, you know, how the German Grand Prix used to work with Hockenheim and the Nürburgring alternating. I absolutely think that should continue with other circuits so we can get as many on as possible on like a three-year rolling basis. Uh, the one that just missed out for me is Kuala Lumpur because I would love to go there. One of my favourite circuits in October. It doesn't actually it doesn't really matter what time of year you go to Kuala Lumpur. It will probably downpour, so that would be fun. Um, but I am going to instead call up the captain because Roger Penske <laughs> get F1 to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I have been on this for a long, long time and. They're they're in the US anyway in terms of in terms of Austin, so you know it's it's not that far away. I'm apo- apologies to American listeners. I I'm aware <laughs> there is quite a bit of a difference between those two venues, but um, yeah, I mean in Indianapolis. Um, I don't know what it is. I I love the and not even you know like the the oval. I, I love the oval as well, obviously, but the the actual road course I think is fantastic as well. So. I'd be all aboard for that. I would also be up for Daytona, just so you're aware, including the infield section. But yes, in the infield with the with the banking on the outside, absolutely glorious. That is a great shout. One I've forgotten. I feel quite guilty that I forgot it actually because there are so many great tracks, and that really is one of them. <laughs> what about Road America? <laughs> Road America. Um, the um. I mean. Well, I mean, I was going to say it's far too narrow, but Roman Grosjean kind of proved that wrong on the weekend. Doesn't know oh, what oh. Folks were off Formula One going on to Indy, but he was a star. Yeah. I He was a little whippersnapper. He was. Yeah, I, I again appreciate this isn't F one, but just seeing Roman Grosjean overtaking cars and being the Roman Grosjean we know he can be, that was fun. Like that so good to see. And not see, overtaking cars in an easy way. He was making it really <laughs> difficult for himself. <laughs> Hmm. There seems let's, to be like one strip of tarmac here. I shall give yeah, it a go. What was that about? <laughs> give that one a go. Hello, Graham Rahal. I'm here. <laughs> sorry, love- folks. Sorry. We let's we, let's move on from the indie. We love Romy G. Oh. We know you're here for indie. I love. I love it. Absolutely love it. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there after F1 fill in the blank. So Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. Folks, we have, of course, got a race podcast coming to you straight after the Austrian Grand Prix. So make sure you stick around over on the site. Follow us on the old podcast, wherever you choose to get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well to make sure that you're in there. And make sure you get involved with that cheeky little survey. Because <laughs> if you don't like what we're talking about, that's the best way to let us know. I will shut up for 60 minutes if that's what you want to say. 
that's fine. If it means that you'll stick around longer, I'm here for it. That doesn't mean that you two get to fill it out anonymously, all right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> to, to clarify, Folks, people, not... Harry has already filled it out, and the thing that he thinks needs to be most improved is more Harry. <laughs> it was very obvious that it was filled in by himself. Yeah. He's just, he's just thinking. I have a mirror image of myself talking to myself. Um, Harry E squared. Um, folks, so get involved with the topics that you've heard tonight. What do you think is going to happen in the race? Do you think Bottas is going to stick it to him, or is it, is it curtain for Bottas? Is JB correct? Is Hamilton is an absolute peach? Is it all going to come true for someone at the double header at Austin? We're really interested to know your thoughts. Head over to Twitter at El Breaking to get involved. We'll be very active over the weekend. And again, do the survey, please. Um, but again, we'll be here after the race. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Taylor. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been Graham Rahel. And remember, keep breaking late. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.